New on Netflix comes to the US. Alexander Armstrong is coming to Danger Mouse. That's a good thing. We'll explain why. And apparently, the Doctor Who Christmas special is cast. I don't really know how that works. Let us move into the airwaves. could we possibly be doing on a Monday night at 7.30pm? A new episode of the Airways, of course. It's the show that scours the media news during its lunch break. Does a show in the evening. With me this week. Which one of the three? Which one? They're all looking around thinking, is it me? Is it, It's Alex G. Fox. How are you oh, doing? I, I was looking around. Thanks for waking me. That's all right. I, I wasn't the one typing, by the way. No, that, no, someone's That would be someone with a really noisy PC uh, keyboard. Uh, could, uh, that, could, was, that was actually me, and it's yeah. a Mac. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh someone, well, look at it. Some, someone with an old, cheap Mac keyboard. Oh, um, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm all right. Excellent. Uh, I can't tell you what the weather's like. It's been lovely, actually. Mm, it's been very nice today. It's just like, you know, late September, you know, you expect it to close in, a sort of T-shirt mm. all the way, though. Mm, mm, there yeah. you go. It's completely, almost completely mm. black outside now. With a bit well, of I don't know the curtains are shut, so I can't tell. Ah, I see. Next up, Mr. Tony Blunt. How are things, sir? Not bad, not bad. It's it's been so warm. I almost thought I'd time travelled when I woke up. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought I was back in mid-July. It was a bit warm today. <laughs> we really must stop talking about the weather and welcome <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Morley. How are things, sir? Welcome back to the show. Hello, not too bad. Uh, you'll want the weather up here as well. It's dark. Can't see. <laughs> oh dear! Every, everyone, everyone's <laughs> yes, just raring to, to go, aren't they? It's that. It's that kind of thing on a Monday afternoon or evening. What is it we're doing here? Podcast. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> so let's let's start with um, with something that you've got that you've got going, Matt. You've got this. Obviously, you've got your new on Netflix service, which. Uh, which scours the the UK listings for things that are coming up, things that are basically on Netflix and things that are about to go away. But you've got something new, haven't you? I have, yeah. And if, if you follow the uh, new on Netflix, you might have seen a few um, tweets and messages about it. Basically, I've set up new on Netflix USA for uh, for American people or people who use stuff like Holar Unblocker or uh, Unblockers so they can get... All the same thing, so all uh, updates, new stuff, uh, expiry dates, but for the American catalogue. A bit of a, a bit of a headache getting it set up, but uh, I'm quite chuffed and it is all working and running smoothly. I've, I've been running it for a week, but official, unofficially it's been going for about two days. Um, officially, I'm going to launch it tonight as an exclusive for you guys. Ah, there we go, that's what we like to hear. You, yeah. There was something rather interesting that you tweeted, um, I think it was, a, was it perhaps at the weekend, that some of the American spellings of some of the stuff had tripped you up, I think, hadn't it? <laughs> oh, yes, they spelled catalogue wrong. They spell it C-A-T-A-L-O-G. And I thought, are they going to know what a catalogue is from the menu? So... Mm. I had to change all the spelling for that, and then obviously there's, there's links within the website, um, links for on the the automatic tweets for when things are removed. There's links to the catalogs and stuff like that. So I thought I'm gonna have to change all that, and then I thought they use Z instead of S for quite a lot of things. So I had to change the randomizer to have a Z, 
Um, <laughs> and then oh, American ratings for the for the uh, the maturity ratings. Oh was, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the the randomizer, I have a, an option where you can choose say PG or U, and then you can choose a rating, and it'll pull up random films for the kids. Or you can choose fifteen and eighteen; it'll choose random fifteen and eighteen rated films. And uh, the the American one, it's it's ridiculous for the MPAA. It's they have two separate well, they have separate ratings for films and for TV shows. So there's, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, there's there's PG. And there's TV PG, uh, PG thirteen and TV fourteen, which are pretty much the same. Um, R, which is the equivalent for TV of TV MA. So it was, it was a bit of a nightmare. Luckily, I've actually got a few friends in America. There's a Californian guy who uh, helped me out explaining what it all meant and stuff like that. And it was a, a bit of a pain because if, if it was me, I assumed that PG thirteen and TV fourteen. Will be roughly the same, but I thought I'd best actually check with someone who uh, who knows. And they've got different genres as well, so it was all odd, odd little bits, uh, odd little bits that eventually kind of got sorted that tripped me up a little bit. But yeah, we sorted. So if you do a randomizer on PG, do you get PG tips? No, because they don't do that in America. I well, you get believe. tips for PG films. <laughs> And yeah. PG stuff or TV. I presume they meant the T. PG 14, 13, and inclusive. That's the best I can do. And you I just know. blew it out he of the water. Oh. <laughs> he, he, he ruins everyone's jokes. He does. He does. Tone, are you going to kick me while you got a chance? <laughs> Not this time. Oh, dear. Well, moving swiftly on to the box. This is a rather, rather interesting piece of news. I'm rather looking forward to seeing what everybody thinks of it. Danger Mouse to be voiced by Alexander Armstrong. Pointless host Alexander Armstrong will voice Danger Mouse when the much-loved cartoon hero returns to TV next year. The comic actor, also known for his TV shows with Ben Miller, said voicing the character was about as close to a dream job as you could wish for. Armstrong takes over from Sir David Jason, who voiced the eye-patch sporting DM in ITV's original series from 1981 to 1992. Kevin Eldon will voice trusty sidekick Penfold, Terry Scott's old character, uh, when I'm recording the episodes, I'll be making sure that at all times my eyebrows are at least three inches above my head, <laughs> joked Eldon, known for his appearance in Big Train, Nighty Night, and other comedy shows. Other cast members will include Shauna MacDonald, Morwenna Banks, and David Lamb, the voice of Channel 4's Come Dine With Me, uh, will take the role of the narrator. The new series, which will initially run for 52 episodes, is due to be broadcast on CBBC in... 2015 that story from the bbc.co.uk so first things first used to be on itv now it's on cbbc interesting did you do you not think yeah. probably a good thing i, I would say thought. so because because that means you'll get it on the iplayer whereas there's there's been things what itv have had in the past and really messed it up um like the like when they did the cgi version of captain scarlet Oh, scheduling yes. was awful, and yeah. obviously you didn't have the option on the iPlayer. Mm, mm. You know, so, so I think that's a good thing for this. Mm. So, Alexander Armstrong, what what do we think? Is do we think it's a good a good choice? I, I think let's carry on that. I say I, th- I think it could be because he doesn't really sound like David Jason, so there's not going to be the risk that he's going to maybe try and copy him so much. That's my 
Pope, I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more dapper, perhaps, than David Jason, because David Jason played it very... Um, uh, it was quite it was quite hard and fast, wasn't it, with David Jason? Alex, what do you reckon? To no, I think, I think he's spot on perfect guy. He's got... If he brings his personality... I mean, this is the way I go. I forget about the voice. Okay, he's got a lovely voice, you know. So should he, with all the money that went into his education. Indeed. But... Um, <laughs> His personality is such that I think Danger Mouse being Alexander Armstrong, I can see that. It works in my mind. It's quite charming. It's quite silly. It's quite self-deprecating. It's all those sort of things that you'd want from that character. Uh, I can see it being really, really successful. I can, I mean, the, the, you know, obviously the first time round, it was great fun and it was exciting and it was, I mean, we were the, well, I don't know. I can't remember how old I was. I probably left school, but, you know, it didn't make any difference to me. It was into its third season by the time I was born. Oh, so I may have seen it first time, though. But, um, yeah, I'm really quite looking forward to it. And, yeah, I think it's a masterstroke. Because when I saw that, it instantly, like, it just went, yes, that's that's who it should be. I didn't know it, but when I saw the name... um, I think I was. I, I think I was chatting with you guys. I just, I just like the idea of it being Richard Osman playing uh, Penfold. That was all, <laughs> but only because of Penfold's meant to be sort of two inch tall character and Richard Osman six, six foot seven, and I thought, yeah, that just in my head that sounded really funny, but um, yeah, I mean the fact that Penfold was actually the comedy character out of it as rather than it actually. Um, uh, danger mouse so i think the in fact the, the delivery on penfold is probably more difficult than danger mouse i would say da- so. penfold penfold was the the clown yeah. you know da- danger i mean okay danger mouse wasn't exactly um the brightest tool in the box at any point but penfold was really the foil for danger mouse he was the watson to the homes it was and not that any of them were actually um Holmesian in their skill but I mean, you look. You, I mean, let's break down Danger Mouse here because I, I can't remember what the guy with the fuzzy moustache was called. But he was meant to Colonel be Colonel K. Colonel K. Okay, okay. Yeah. so he was. Is it M? Pretty much. You know, yeah, it's it, so. it just so many bits out of so many other things, and it was done so brilliantly well that I, it, you need to ham up the hamster. That's what I'm saying. You need to ham up the hamster. Yeah. Well, and what I, about, just came up, I just came up with that, so I'm quite quiet. That is very good. That is excellent. You've shocked yourself, look. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to sit back and have a glass of water. Yeah, my word. So, so, I want, so I wonder if we're, who's going to end up playing Professor Squawk and Cluck then? Baron Greenback. No, well, yes. Who, who's going to play? Who, who is playing Baron Greenback? Do we know? Because... There's, I don't think it says, does it? It doesn't, no, because there's uh, obviously yeah, Shauna McDonald and Morwenna Banks. Unless Baron Greenback is going to be a woman, they're gonna they're gonna Starbuck it. Oh, they could do. <laughs> is it Tone? You don't approve of the Starbucking? Oh, I, I just I just can't think Peppa Pig's mum could be bad to anyone. No, <laughs> no. I know far too much about children's television. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of chill of, of this being children's television, obviously we all enjoyed the original. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Here. Oh yeah. Uh, out of all of it, we're all of a certain age. We, we shouldn't really be. What I mean, so <laughs> so says the man with with the. Uh, a complete collection of the Wind in the Willows and uh, so, you know Danger Mouse and things on his uh, on his DVD shelf. Are I we all going to be watching? You're the youngest of us all. Aren't I, mean, I am the youngest of you all. 
Um, are we all going to be watching this? Are we all going to be... Two right. Yeah. Got to be worth a look. Thank God I'm not on my own then. Brilliant. I only had kids so I could carry on watching children's television. I was about that the other week, actually. Do we know... Stuff like that. With going to see kids' films at cinemas, you don't have to just turn up looking like a pervert. You've got a valid reason to kids' films in the cinema. You look, you're going. I don't care if you like it, you're going. I saw the original 40 years ago, you're coming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sit there quietly yeah, we, and eat those crisps. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know how long these episodes are going to be? Because it mentions there's 52 of them. You know, and I can't imagine they're going to be longer than the original. I think the originals are something no. like 20 minutes each. Yeah. 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 And the, and the, with it being CBBC, they'll probably run like five in one week yeah. as well. As much as we'd like them to be 45 minutes. It's just not going to happen. No, 20 minutes <laughs> is, is enough. But yeah. yeah. You know what I think is. I mean, this is just me. As equally as important to who plays it, I want it to be drawn right. I know it sounds daft, but I don't want it to be too clean. I mean, the old ones. Slick. I mean, you've you've been watching the old ones the same as I have, mm, which we won't, mm. we only admit to each other and not in public, right? <laughs> now they were a bit ropey, and that's quite nice. I don't want it. You, you know, it's things like um, silly things like Garfield, right? Now. I bought all the Garfields when I was in the States because you can't get them all here, right? Um, and so we still watch them, whatever. But then there's a new series of Garfield, which I then bought, which you could get here. And it'd gone from drawing to computer drawing. And it lost everything. And I just think, okay, obviously with computer drawing, it can look cleaner and it can look all that. But the thing is now... Everyone knows that computer drawing could basically, or with CGI, it can look like walking with dinosaurs. It can look like they're real, right? Now, because everyone knows it can be done, isn't the skill going to be to make a CGI look like it's hand-drawn? Because uh, I give, hope give they it a don't... Few rough edges. Yeah, I just yeah. don't want it to be too clean. I don't want Danger Mouse to have reflections. Well, I'm, I'm, I want him to be flat. I don't yeah. want any of that. On the, um, on the BBC... Uh, story. They do have uh, next to the picture of Alexander Armstrong. They've got what looks like a. Well, that, I mean, they say it's the new look Danger Mouse on on the right, and it it doesn't doesn't look a million miles away from what it used to. Um, no, but I like the way it's got. It, he's in the um, James Bond suit <laughs> with with Penfold kind of. And do you know what the most important <laughs> the thing? Right? Yeah. Now this is really cruel, but I can't help it. If you look at the two pictures. Yeah. Danger Mouse and Alexander Armstrong have got identical ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. He's on form tonight, isn't he? Oh, dear. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this now that I know that it's not going to be Mitchell and Webb. That was my main... Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was a fear of my own concoction, but... Yeah. Uh, so, I think Kevin Eldon's a good... An interesting choice for. I'm looking forward to what he'll yeah, sound like. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he's kind of used to being either, either a sidekick or just an extra, isn't he? Mm, mm. Richard, well, I mean, Richard Richard Osmond could play Baron Greenback. He'd be perfect. <laughs> I'd be I'd be interested to see that. I'm going to yeah. write in and ask what Richard Osmond's doing. I just want to know. Yeah. yeah. And Ben, we got to get Ben Miller in there somewhere just for the parents. Oh, yeah. Ben, yes, Ben Ben Miller would be good as as um, as well. Maybe as Baron Greenback, actually. Actually, he would have been quite good as. When you think about it, he would have been quite good as Benfold. Yeah, because yeah. physically, he he re- he does relate 
is size-wise to Alexander Armstrong as Danger Mouse does <laughs> to Benfold. He does it. Well, maybe they could do a live-action Danger Mouse. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's it. It's going to be the show. Yeah, the stage <laughs> theatre version. And, it, and when it gets really good, they'll do it on ice. There you go. Da- Danger that's Mouse. That's ABBA music. Danger that's Mouse on ice. I th- I'll, ABBA you know, music. Our work, here, our work here is complete. <laughs> But we must move on. People Doc- say there's no news. I can't believe it. Uh, Doctor Who Christmas. We're doing well so far. Doctor Who Christmas special. Uh, host of guest stars confirmed. These are the latest people who want to be involved in Doctor Who. This story from primetime.unrealitytv.co.uk. <clears throat> That was long, wasn't it? Doctor Who Christmas confirms Nick Frost, Natalie Gamede, Faye Marseille, Nathan McMullen and Michael Troughton. To make you feel less grumpy about the end of summer, the good people over at the BBC have shared with us some festive Doctor Who news. The Doctor Who Christmas Day special is one of the calendar's biggest events, with famous faces lining up to take the part, and this year will be no exception. The BBC of today revealed that production for this year's festive TARDIS ride has begun when a selection box of British acting favourites all ready to help jingle our bells in what the BBC described as an action-packed, unmissable adventure. Well, aren't they always? One of the guest stars of this Yuletide adventure will be Nick Frost, screenwriter and established actor of hits such as Spaced, The World's End, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Cuban Fury and Paul which he also wrote. Uh, Discussing this new role, details of which have yet to be divulged, the BBC website quotes Frost as saying, I'm so thrilled to have been asked to guest in the Doctor Who Christmas special. I'm such a fan of the show, the read-through was very difficult for me. I wanted to keep stuffing my fingers into my ears to scream, no spoilers. Every day day on set, I've had to silence my internal fanboy squeals. Mm. Mm. So they're all lining up to do the Doctor Who Christmas special. Sounds like they've already done it. I remember has, has, everyone lining up to do the Here and There Christmas special a couple of years ago. and uh, Look was, how that turned It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we haven't seen another one. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't see yeah. another Doctor Who. You know what? I found your outtake reel the other day. I, it's a funny <laughs> piece of business, that is. Yeah, well, you have to put that out again, maybe at the end yeah. of one of these. Maybe I will. I'll, I'll slot it in at the end of this one. Really That's the actress said to the bishop. Yeah. Indeed. Right, um, right, what are we going to say about this? Wasn't his mate Nick Frost's mate in it? Yeah, sure. Uh, was it Peg? When Simon Eccleston Peg. did it, yeah, yeah. Uh, but has, has anyone else heard of anybody else in this list? No, I haven't. I, I, I looked struggling, them all. I was up. struggling with Nick Frost at first. Obviously, I mean Michael Troughton. I've heard of Michael Troughton, but wasn't it his granddad that played the original one? It was. It's his father. Oh, was that? I thought he was I've old. Heard of, I've, I've seen Faye Marseille somewhere before. Yeah, uh, but that was a club that you don't admit to going to. It's not. No, <laughs> no. Now, now. <laughs> Careful. Yeah, better not go back in iTunes. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yes. No, to be honest, the, the thing is, all these little extras, are they going to do the Christmas special, which is always seems to be the Doctor without his normal psychic, mm. who then gets himself into all sorts of... But no, he doesn't, actually. He's never in bother, is he? He's always sorting out someone else's bother. Mm. I, mean, I can't remember the last one I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the one with Catherine Jenkins. Was that Christmas? Can't the one with the singing, yeah. singing fish. With the sharks, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? that was quite... I haven't seen that. Yeah, of course you have. Singing yeah, sharks? Well, uh, she was singing. Oh, the I sharks. remember. Yes, I remember. Yeah, oh, that, one was, that one was good. Yeah, and I can't remember, the, you know, I mean, the Titanic one. 
There was that weird. There was that weird thing with the metal things that used to eat planets. You know, mm. they just they don't they don't intend to work. I mean, that's the, that is the problem though, because if he hasn't got the sidekicks, and oh, I mean, oh, I'm sure we come on to Doctor Who again because it's about the only thing I watched. But um, at the moment, it's almost like this is too new a Doctor to do this. Because it's all the other things that are going on around him that are keeping um, the storylines okay-ish and working. Oh, um, no, I'm enjoying him, I think. Yeah, but that's because you've come to it, again, with a predetermined favouritism, mm, unlike your normal predetermined hatred. Well, no, um, I, I hated Matt Smith with a passion un- yeah. unknown to any other actor. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, the point is, I mean, the Christmas specials, they make a song and dance about them. We all sit there as almost a highlight to do Christmas Day, or we like to think it is, and then we all watch it and we all look at each other and go, oh, it was all right, I suppose. What was that? Yeah. You know, because it's Christmas Day and you don't want to be miserable, so you go, yeah, it's all right. And then the only point is, is I don't know, other than the Catherine Jenkins one, any other Christmas special I've ever watched again. Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, and the Catherine Jenkins one was just because it was quite emotionally nice and and the joy was noticing that Catherine Jenkins can act <laughs> and I, re- I was really I really liked that because it was an absolute surprise don't get me wrong she's never gonna you know do Shakespeare or something but I was like you know what quite often you get actors that ham it up beyond belief for the Christmas special and then she came along and you saw you know what you did that just right I really yeah, really don't know and I mean, I'm looking at any speaking though, did she? she it was, oh, it's Catherine did, Jenkins. Yeah. She's just there to listen yeah, to exactly. and look at. <laughs> but but you know, look but at like Nick Frost. Rick, Nick Frost is a a big player, as in acting. You know, he 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 never does understated. No, it's always so. It's almost slapstick. It's almost 1930s American falling off Keystone Cops type acting. Well, that's and his, it's just, that's his shtick, isn't it? That's yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just looking and thinking, oh no. I mean, like we said, we're not really sure who the other people are. Which it's, we could have all looked it up and looked clever, but we're at least being honest, right? Well, I looked them up. I still can't remember who they are. Okay, well, you looked them up and you don't now. You look stupid. Yeah, so you should have kept quiet. See, but, um, but, <laughs> but the point is, it was a bit like you remember. Um, oh, I've forgotten his name. He was in a story last week actually for not hosting a. Um, a oh, play James Corden. No, the other one. The, the one that did that biggest world tour comedy show and made yeah. the most money ever. Oh, yeah. Um, comes yeah, from Bolton, Manchester I think. Manchester block, yeah. Yeah, that way. Peter Kay. Peter, Peter Kay. Kay. Now, when, that's it, that's when it. he did one, it wasn't a Christmas special, but he played a character. It, it was, was all about... Guy, wasn't it? Uh, like Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was, it was all about him. Mm. I mean, the doctor, the rest of the story was almost irrelevant. In fact, if you remember that story... The doctor, the doctor only appears at the end. Yeah, it was practically yeah. not in it. So it was all about Peter Kay. And I'm a little bit worried that when they get actors in of this ilk, because they did it with uh, James Gordon or whatever his name is, didn't they? They had James Corden in, a, Corden, in, a, in an episode, yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, I think they had him twice, didn't they? But I think they came back to that storyline at some mm. point. But um, that's, a, that's the problem when they have people in that, they're getting in because who they are rather yeah. than Doctor Who. I'm, it tends to pull it mm. apart too much. Yeah. I'm hoping to take more of the approach like they did with 
uh, Simon Pegg's episode where, you know, yes, he's appearing here and there and then he's part of the finale, but it, it's not mainly about him, you know. That wasn't a bad episode that Simon Pegg And I'd also love to see Nick Frost as a villain. That'd be quite interesting. Well, if they did Nick Frost... So if a fairly villainous moustache on this picture on here, so Nick Nick Frost with his name in a Christmas episode. You could have another um, <laughs> snowman thing. Yeah, okay. could you? yeah, yeah, Nick Snowman. Yeah, the, yeah. What, what was the line? Was it Moffat said something about Frost at Christmas? It makes sense. <laughs> it's like by by that logic, <laughs> next year it's John Snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone called Patrick Sludge? Because if there is, you better get his CV in there. <laughs> you nearly caused Tone to to reject his drink all over his computer there. Oh, dear. You say I say bad things. That was yeah. the worst line I've heard oh, in there years. There you go. There we go. Right. Moving on with the box. Downton Abbey's return, watched by 8.1 million viewers. BBC.co.uk has provided us with this fine story. The first episode of Downton Abbey's fifth season, or series, this is the UK after all, was watched by an average audience of 8.1 million on Sunday evening. I was watching The Good Wife at the time. It beat the debut episode of five-part BBC One drama Our Girl, which attracted an average audience of 3.9 million. An extra 300,000 watched Downton on ITV's Plus One channel. Another 400,000 couldn't get the damn thing to work. But it was just over a million less than the 9.2 who saw the first episode of Series 4. So... Numbers are going down. Down to Nabby is doomed. It's well, all these, over. These figures are actually down, wrong. Oh, really? These, these figures are wrong. Because I've got to admit, I had it on and then got distracted. So it was on, so I counted, but I didn't actually watch it. So, right. so, so you have to reread all these numbers, minus one. But um, <laughs> I've got to admit, um, it, it's a weird thing with Down now Because, I, you know, I never watched, say, the, what is this, Series 5? So I never watched the first three. I haven't seen a single episode of it. I've heard it's very good. No, I never watched the first three, and I watched them on Netflix because my wife mentioned it. And it wasn't long after I got Netflix, and I thought, well, I'll watch one. I thought, that's intriguing. I'll watch another. And then I watched all three straight out. The next series I watched. But it's something, it's almost to do with a schedule. Sorry, do we say scheduling or scheduling? Because I can never remember. Scheduling. I can never remember which one I'm supposed to say. That's what we say in the English in the English world, right. So once it's, it is the scheduling, and it was almost like it crept up. My wife said to me, I don't know, sometime midweek, you know, Dalton's back on Sunday, and I went, well, no. It doesn't seem, it seems almost too early in the year. It seems to be, and it's quite a short series. It, I don't know, it, the scheduling about it, the scheduling, I got it right. <laughs> the, shed, the scheduling seems to have um, tripped me up, and... I don't know. I mean, there wasn't the big build-up there has been, and I think we're getting to a final stage of where Downton is going anyway. Can't I can't tell you on air why I know that, but uh, something to do with something to do with work, and um, it you know I don't know. Um, I, I asked my wife about well, was it all right, and she sort of went, "Well, there was this, and there was that," and I was like. It was an hour and a half show. She went, yeah, that about sums it up. And I was like, oh, I mean, I, I will watch it because I recorded it. And um, I will watch it. But I'm not saying it's had its day. 
But there, there is, I mean, for instance, I just, the, the village just finished. And if the village had the interest, shall we say, the Americans have in <laughs> that Downton, the village is a far, far better, far better made show. It's written, I mean, the trouble what's happening with Downton, at the, at the time when they wrote it, it was fairly novel because we hadn't had an upstairs, downstairs type thing for 20 years, which they also tried to bring back, and that was a massive flop. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and, you know, it, it was novel, but they weren't, the storylines were pathetic, but it didn't matter because it was just about watching, you know, 1920s, you know, earls and dukes behaving slightly badly, and there were some quite pretty girls, and some of the storylines were silly, and, and it wasn't stretching your mind. And But the whole thing became more and more they were stretching a point just to try and make it work and and you know as time moved on in the story the upstairs downstairs you know the upstairs people actually talked to the downstairs people and the lord actually knew who the butler was you know it was like and because that's the way history moved on which is fine but it doesn't make for such an interesting story the fact that you don't like the behavior to each other is also interesting the the subservience and the almost, um, you know, oh, you know, it was incredible, but it made for a better story. And now it's a bit like a soap opera that, you know, you look at some of that EastEnders or Coronation Street. If I lived in either of those places, I would move straight away because of the murder rate is incredible. No. And there, is, <laughs> there isn't a pub that hasn't been burnt down at least 10 times. Yeah. And it's beginning to feel a bit like that. It's like, you know, how many stories can you sort of cobble together and there's always got to be some disaster and i know that's how stories work but there's only so far you can go when it's you know a five-part six-part thing that comes out once a year and i'm not saying it, it's it's not a done deal yet but it, it's getting to the point where the world the first series was good. The second series, it was good, but it didn't really need to because you really had people hooked and you got the third and the fourth. You're getting to the point now where if it isn't actually very good, it's going to end. And I think it's got to that point. I haven't seen it, and I'm not saying it's not very good, but now they've had all the good will they're going to get. And that's why I'm saying it's, it's going to start to unravel a it bit. May, I was going to say it may well start to run out quickly. Um, Matt, have you, have you watched... Downton Abbey at all? I haven't, no. It's not something that's... You don't have any wish to seek it out? No, not really. I think with you lot going on about it, I think I should at least watch <laughs> one episode and pretend to feign interest. I'll just confirm your just dislike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony, have you, have you checked it out? Um, no. Not with what the tweets he was retweeting the other night. No? Oh dear. Have you, you been naughty you what, again? I almost DM'd him and told him to wash his mouth out. I really oh, did. <laughs> I tell you, there's it's, something yeah. about there's something about this uh, um, Downton Abbey. I just can't. I don't think I'd be able to watch it because, of course, it's the main the, the main house. Oh, it's it's yeah, High Clear in um, oh, nice where house. Is it? it is. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's it's in Ham- Hampshire, I think. Um, it was the uh, it was the the place that they did uh, they used for Totley Towers in the. Um, Hugh Laurie and uh, Stephen Fry, Jeeves and Worcester. So it just it uh, every time I see Downton Abbey, and of course they use it for the logo. It's just oh, that's Totley Towers. It's kind of stuck. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the amount of times I've worked there is ridiculous, and I ju- I just think about 
Oh, yeah. Do you remember that time they made me go up about 50 foot and get that painting down? Oh, dear. And, and remember that time where they didn't do what they were supposed to and the gardener had to come in and stand on the piano? Do you remember that? That's what I think. But, um, yeah, it, like I said, a lot of these things, but like, for instance, the, I mean, I keep banging on about the village. Now, the, the village has the big house and, you know, it has that type of thing and all the rest of it. But it, it's it's not just about the few people in the big house. It's about... It's about the village. It's about the people that live off of the big house. It's about the whole town and the way the town, the people are trying to get on with their own lives despite the big, you know, there's a, there's a world going on and the big house is part of it. Whereas Downton Abbey is just about the big house and the load of getting weaker storylines. Yeah. Yeah. It, like everything, it'll run out. It's whether they manage to wrap everything out before it, you know, before it skids to a halt and just, and you know, let, let's lost. just, let's just hope. <laughs> let's just hope. Well, it, let's so. hope they don't wrap it up before they pay my bill. Well, yeah, let's <laughs> hope. And with that, <laughs> Alex is invoicing out of the way. <laughs> let's proceed to the movies. Bond 24 to start shooting in December. No, it's not a new series of uh, 24 starring James Bond. It is, in fact, the 24th James Bond film, this, uh, this story from comicbook.com. We didn't... Uh, we left this out of last uh, last week's show, but uh, we decided to uh, have, a, have a little natter about it this week. Uh, according to MI6... <laughs> The 24th James Bond film will start principal photography on December the 6th, 2014. Even though filming won't kick off until December, director Sam Mendes is, will reportedly bring together the main cast members to do a table read-through of the script in November. Daniel Craig will once again be returning as James Bond, marking his fourth time playing 007. Other cast members returning include Ralph Fiennes, Naomi Harris, Rory Kinnear and Ben Whishaw. Uh, most of the filming is set to take place at Pinewood Studios in England, but they will also reportedly be shoot- doing some shooting in Austria, Rome and possibly Morocco. Bond 24 is scheduled to be released on October 23rd, 2015, by which time we'll have uh, hover cars and uh, you know, hoverboards and various other things. Don't, don't you think Bond 24 is quite a good title? It is a good title, actually, yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what, Rafe Fiennes is going to come around and slap you one for calling him Ralph. <laughs> it's spelt Ralph. It's Ralph to everybody else that wasn't born in his house. But yeah, it's Rafe. Him, I know yeah. it's Rafe. I, <laughs> I accidentally... I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Fiennes. If you can... No, that's Fiennes. Fiennes. <laughs> Rafe Fiennes. <laughs> As and in F I E N D S, and it's bound twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, who's excited? Who wants to see the new James Bond film? Anybody? I'm, I'm hoping oh. it can follow up no. Skyfall. Well, that's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Now, if you yeah. had new on Netflix, you'd have known that you would. Well, if you'd logged into Netflix, they're they're bigging it up right now alongside. Yeah, Ender, yeah, I don't want a big, big banner across it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to big up Netflix. I want to big up Matt. Well, they want. Yeah. You're not very good at this. You're not very good at this bigging up people stuff, are you? Get him, get him on, get him to plug it, and then talk about something. He else. had his moment and, at the beginning of the show. What? I completely forgot to give you the Earl as well. Oh dear. Well, that's all <laughs> right. I'll, I'll get to that. We'll end. get that at the end. So Rory Kinnear's very good. He is. Do you know the differences between this and Doctor Who? I've heard of most of these people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, people like Ray, Ray Fiends, um, Rory Kinnear and Ben Whishaw. I've never heard of Naomi Harris. Yeah, but I bet you, right, without looking, I bet you she's quite good looking. Mm. Well, 
I, I think yeah. she's going to be one of those. You might not have heard the name, but you'll know her face. You'll know you the face. It. Well, let's let's have a look at the face. No, uh, no, nope. oh, okay. nope. never <laughs> seen her before in my life. Where you been living? Eh? Oh, she was in Skyfall. In that case, I have seen her before. She does <laughs> doesn't have a very memorable face. <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm right about the the, uh, the beauty of the face, at least. Oh, that's stupid because I really enjoyed Skyfall. It, it seems that most people didn't. Well, look, if you had new on Netflix, you would have known it was on, and you could have gone and watched it. No, I know it's on because they've been pushing it. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was that quantum thing that everybody hated. Not what quantum Skyfall? leap? No, 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 no. I think they lost the series a couple of months ago. <laughs> Is that is that the uh, Ray Fiennes version, Quantum <laughs> of Solace? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So anyway, James Bond, twenty four. It, it should be. And another thing is right. If Danger Mouse can knock out fifty two in a year, what's this doing twenty four in about forty years? That's rubbish. Yeah. I, I mean, they're they're going to get behind Sherlock soon. Bond Bond has remained pr- pretty much every James Bond film apart from the George Lazenby one. Um, they're all pretty good. But really? Sherlock is gradually getting worse. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know. I'd, uh, some of them you watch and you think they're good because of maybe nostalgia. Mm, mainly. Um, but some of them... Oh, I don't know. We haven't, got a, we haven't got an epitaph thingy here. And I'm really doing bad. But the guy that played Jaws, he died. Ke- Richard Keel, Keel. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So he, he, put, he passed away uh, on September the 10th. That was last, was yeah. that last week? I think it was, yeah. I, I looked him up, right? Mm. And obviously he, you know, he passed away and, and that side. That is very sad. But I looked him up and he is a proper giant. Was a proper mm. seven was. foot two. That's, amazing. that's bigger than Carl. Yeah, that's at, um, what's Carl? Six, seven, that's seven inches bigger than Carl. <laughs> And it's like, when I read that, you know, like when you watch these people that are supposed to be giants in films, you think, oh, he's big, obviously, but he's not that big. And then you look at this and go, oh, my God, he really was. Yeah. But he was amazing. only 74. I mean, I know it's completely off topic and we're not, you know, don't have an obituary section. Well, it's not off topic because this is James Bond and this is a general yeah, discussion. Yeah, and, and, and if I had sort of thought about it earlier, I'd have had his name right because that was a bit Indeed. disrespectful. Yes. With absolutely none intended. Mm. But, um... Yeah, I mean, it's the thing. I mean, you, you think about the film, right? What film was that in? Moonraker. Okay. Now, was that any good? No. There you go. Um, and the, the reason I... Because actually, I was thinking, oh, the worst film was... Oh, that was the one he was in. And my brain went, let's talk about him before we go back to the film, right? Well, it was, he so was in The Spy Who Loved Me as well. He, the, the, the end of Moonraker is his. Yeah, the, is the end of his particular story. So, so what was the bit on the train where he was on? Not on the space... So, Moonraker was obviously the one when he had the little girl at the end. Uh, and the other one was, wasn't he on a train? Because then uh, James wanted to electrocute him by sticking the wire flex in his gold teeth or something. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, people have very rose-tinted spectacles about many, many James Bond stories. Uh, so, I mean, the funny thing is, the, Daniel, the last Daniel Craig one was a very very good film what was the one where um i don't want to give anything away <laughs> a main character died that was, who was played by a woman that was skyfall scaffold okay skyfall right now i don't know i mean do did people enjoy that movie because i actually thought take away the fact that it was james bond it was quite an interesting movie mm. Mm. Um, it, was a, it was i thought it was a, a a return to the James Bond of yesteryear, which I prefer. I don't want. I don't want dark, heavy James Bond without any laughs in it. 
Well, this is the point. Every everyone, every time they try and reinvent James Bond, that, that's the point. They try and reinvent it. Well, you, if you're going to reinvent something, therefore it has to be different. If it has to be different, then by that very uh, you know premise, it's not going to work in the same way as the old one. And that's what I mean. That's why um, you know the first James Bond of a new character, new actor, is never that good. But then you start to say, okay, so this is James Bond now. And the next one, they're not trying to change anything. They're trying to keep that going. Yeah. And this yeah. this is what is fourth. Yeah. And you think, I mean, if you go back by how many people did stuff for James Bond, four is actually getting up there a yeah. bit because most people, yeah. that's about their limit. I hope it doesn't go the same way as like Piers Brosnan, you know, because his started off quite well and then they got progressively worse, I thought. I don't, I don't know. I th- I, I've always been of the opinion that, I I always thought that uh, I'm going to probably take a lot of heat for it, but I always thought that Pierce Brosnan was the best Bond. I preferred those films. They were they were slightly more tongue in cheek. Yeah, the they they certainly got sort of ridiculous towards the end, didn't they? With like the invisible car, they and, did. Yeah, because you know, I think it was more the gadgetry that got ridiculous, but that did take away from the whole film for me. But then you got the Roger Moore. I mean, Roger Moore was. He was suave. He was the cheeky look. That's what he was. I mean, a lot of these people, James Bond then becomes them. They don't become James Bond. It's, it's like you say with Piers Brosnan. They change the character to suit Piers Brosnan rather than making Piers Brosnan. I mean, a lot of people didn't like, uh, oh, it just came out of my head. Guy had curly black hair was before Piers Brosnan, I suppose. Um, oh, um, uh, he was in Hot Fuzz. Um, Dalton, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people didn't like him, but I quite liked it because that was the first time in a long time that he had a look in his eye. He had a look of, you know what? I don't care if I have to kill you or not. Look, you know what? I'm, it's not going to bother me. Whereas a lot of them, they sort of they killed them and they, they they've got this thing of sort of having remorse and it all will be about their soul, all about their family, all will be their upbringing, all about. I don't care. You're James Bond. You're either, you're meant to be yeah. almost. No, I can't use that word. You're <laughs> meant to like. You're meant to sleep with anyone you like to yeah. get what you want. You kill anyone you like to get what you want, and you don't particularly care if you come out of it at the end. But it's not about you. It's you're almost an agent, as in you're almost an automatron. You don't have anything. It's, and that's why it works. You've got no respect for the woman you sleep with. You've got no respect for the man you're going to kill. You don't even care about your bosses. You don't even care about your government. You're just doing the job. And that's why it worked. Because it was that was the thing about James Bond that made us... I, I, don't, I never wanted to be James Bond, right? I've never been that type of person. But I do want to see somebody else behaving like that in a movie. And well, they were trying. To, they were almost making it just too human for mm. James Bond. And this is this is sort of they started getting a bit funny with Daniel Craig with his relationship with um, Judy Dench, talking about his childhood and this. And mm. I knew what happened to your family, but no, I don't care. Mm. Mm. I don't want. I don't want a made-up backstory because if Ian Fleming didn't write it, it doesn't exist. You can't yes. make a backstory <laughs> on a character when the guy that designed it is gone. Yeah. It's like the Sherlock backstories. Yeah. That's great. No. Sherlock Holmes doesn't have a backstory because we haven't been told it by the person. Conan Doyle didn't it. write it. And yep. if he didn't and write nobody, it, then it's not, it's not the truth. Yeah. And if, if um, Fleming didn't write it, move on, take Fleming's character and do what you want with him, but don't ever give me a past. 
And that's where they were going wrong, but they seem to have knocked that on the head a bit. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yes, we just took a break, and now we're all back. We've, we've, uh, we've, we've gone for our little separate breaks. And uh, while we were away, Matt found a story which has just appeared in his feed. So, without further ado, let's get into the stream. Better Call Saul, new trailer and UK Netflix air date. This story from digitalspy.co.uk. Better Call Saul has unveiled another short teaser video. The 10 second clip shows Bob Odenkirk as Saul Goodman or Jimmy McGill um, talking to a crowd saying, I bet if we were in church right now, I'd get a big amen. And that really is it. Absolutely it. Nothing more nothing less. Uh, the series will follow the antics of Walter White's crooked lawyer before the events of Breaking Bad and see Odenkirk's character transition from McGill to Goodman. So, um... So, yeah. Ten seconds. Nothing really going on. Um... I mean, we, we, we've all seen, uh, apart, from, apart from Alex, we've all seen, um... Breaking Bad, and we've all known that this is that this is this is on its way. Does this does this spark any um, particular? No, no, not really, any more than sort of hearing originally that it was coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the the um, the uh, the the release the release schedule has been um, has been confirmed. Um, that they're I mean, what is it? They're airing they're airing stuff in the UK two days after the um, after the American. Yeah, lot um, like we yeah. did with the last season of yeah. Breaking Bad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's <laughs> almost parity on uh, on on release, isn't it? That's nice to see. Yeah. yeah. Really? So I, I like that. With um, other than the American air dates playing uh, all sorts of games, I do quite like it when they do that because they did it with Agents of Shield that we got that I think three days after the American broadcast. Yeah. So really, it's it's a reason not to bother pirating. Because you get it so quick, there's no mm. point messing around doing that. I think it'd be good if yeah. more uh, more things did that, whether it's Netflix or yeah. normal TV. But I do I do quite like the idea yeah. of getting it just a few days after yeah. the American broadcast. In I mean, that's always been that's always been the thing where they're <laughs> sorry that that's always been the thing with their original series as well. They've done sort of releases in most regions on the same day, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, surely in the long run, it's counterproductive not to. Hmm. Well, it it encourages piracy, is what it does. It's more than that. It also encourages spoilers. You know, like Twitter, right? If someone, I don't know, I'm I'm, I'm not blaming Tone for this one, because for once it's not his fault. But, you know, if people are watching, what was this called, Better Call Saul, and they're in America, they will inadvertently chat with each other because everyone's seen it. I can't. You can't expect them to keep their mouth shut or keep their conversation off of Twitter for seven days, three days, a month, mm. whatever it happens to be. And what you're doing is just. I and mean, if I was in, if I even understood what you lot were talking about, I'd be sitting there going, "Ah, okay. Uh, well, that's a bit ruined, isn't it?" And I might watch it, and I might not just chuck it in the bin because it's been spoiled. But it has would have been spoiled. Your challenge, Alex, should you uh, <laughs> should you accept it? Should you wish to enter the deep dark den of misery, which is um, <laughs> which is breaking? You already you already did that to me with that terrible comedy series. Now don't do now don't take it don't take yeah, it the you, wrong you way. You made me watch Arrested Development. I mean, what more could you do to now, me? Now what, let's not get what bogged more down. Hate could you pour on me? Eh? Let's not get bogged down with who told who to show yeah. to watch what TV show. But yeah. watch Breaking Bad because it is it's definitely worth watching. And then you're 
you'll understand Better Call Saul when it comes out. Look, the thing, right? Okay, my, you have till February. My good lady, she one day she sat down and said, "Is that Breaking Bad thing on Netflix?" And I went, oh, "I think it is. Let me find it for you." And I didn't see her for three weeks. <laughs> so, so for that, for that reason, yeah, for that reason, I quite like Breaking Bad. No, steady. But the point is, it's obviously got something there, and it's obviously got some addictive something or other. But that's part of the reason why I don't want to watch it. Because I haven't got a space in my life at the moment to get so involved in something that for the next six weeks when you say what I've been watching, I'll be going, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. <laughs> can we get this finished early so I can watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not ready for that. And also, just the premise of the story bothers me. What, no, I mean, cooking it, meth, yeah. It, it, you, you know, I mean, I, I found that on Netflix uh, and I said to my wife, um, you know, are you watching it again? She goes, no. And I went into my son's room and said, is that really appropriate for your age? And he went, well, <laughs> all my mates have watched it. I mean, obviously not my younger, not my baby son. Don't get no, me wrong. No, 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 no. And I was like, do you understand? Because I only know bits. I said, do you understand what's going on here? You, don't, you know, it's not a glorification or anything. And I asked him, you know, and then I obviously checked with the missus and she said, it's not really, it's not, it doesn't make you want to be one anyway. No. And, um, <laughs> Certainly not. So I sort of I left yeah. it at that, but you know, it's I don't know. I quite quite like the idea of a legal drama based around it more than I actually like. You know, I mean, like you lot, who was it? Uh, I don't know who it was. Told me to watch that. Um, is it Dexter? Dexter, and it was all big, and everyone was loving Dexter. Is that the one that's like you know works for the police, but he's actually the main uh, protagonist, shall we say? I mean, it was okay. Three or four shows. I sort of enjoy again is the wrong word. It was nice. No, again, the wrong word. But, you know, it was interesting. <laughs> but then I just thought, you know, there's only so much blood and guts and gore I can take. And it was like, <laughs> no matter how good it is, I've had enough of that. Mm. And I'm a little worried that Breaking Bad will be, like, it's really good, but I just don't want any more of that. I think the thing, that my life. I, the thing I liked about Breaking Bad was A, it didn't really glorify it, which is always kind of a, mm. a moral sort of issue anyway. But the fact that from the outset they said it's only going to be five seasons, so you knew it wasn't going to drag on and get silly. You knew there'd be a definite ending, whereas like some of the other shows like Dexter, like you mentioned. Downton Abbey. It's, yeah, Downton Abbey. Uh, lost. Lost. Uh, lost. Um, yeah. lost. lost. You, you don't know when they're going to end, and, the, and they will just go rubbish and have pointless stories and stuff but i think with breaking bad they knew where they wanted it to go they knew it was only going to have five seasons of it um and without doing spoilers the the characters change and you start to love and hate different ones as the as it progresses and stuff like that and it's it's very Mm. cleverly written oh no it's it's definitely worth watching things that you can tell things that have taken off for uh you know, keeping up with Jones's sake, and you can tell things that have taken off because people have gone, this is brilliant. And I'm sure it's very good, and, and I'm sure when you lot have all forgotten it ever existed, I'll find it on <laughs> some uh, some site and discover it for myself and be really, really excited and really glad that I finally watched it. Mm. But um, that's the trouble with all these things. If you're going to do spin-offs, it does make the spin-off slightly harder to get into if you don't know the original. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it'll make it that difficult to get mm. into be- because he it doesn't really have a huge part in the show. It, oh. He has a bit, but I wouldn't say it's a, a part that you need to have seen uh, Breaking Bad to 
be able to understand what he does. Basically, he's a dodgy lawyer, basically, is, is what it is, and that's what the, mm. the series will be about. Well, so we've all know. got one of them in our family, mm. it's all yeah. <laughs> and, and also the fact that it's you know it's set before Breaking Bad, so if you have watched Breaking Bad, it might you might see sort of setups for things in Breaking Bad, but you know it wouldn't necessarily matter to someone just going in cold. But if you watch this first and then Breaking Bad, you might get more out of Breaking Bad because you've watched this first. Possibly. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking with the drop. setup. Yeah. If the ratings drop, they can stick uh, Brian Cranston in just to pull him up again. They could, yes. <laughs> that that affects their wagon, yeah. Right. Well, let us move on to the, the, the final segment of the episode, which is uh, what have we been watching, reading, listening to, or playing this week? We shall start with me, because, yes, the needle is stuck solid. I'm still watching The Good Wife. It remains fantastic. Uh, also, continuing my uh, my Star Trek film marathon that I've been doing over the last uh, last couple of months because I, I bought the uh, the Blu-ray box set of all the all the original series Star Trek films, I finally got onto Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. Not quite as bad as I remember it. It, it has an interesting um, box. Yeah, <laughs> it has. <laughs> it has uh, it's an interesting story. Um, it's. It's, yeah. it's okay. Uh, it's very much. It's very much an episode. Is, is this the? You know, is it? It's obviously, it's like the rest of the box. It's rescanned to. It is, yeah. Blu-ray, yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet some of the visuals towards the end are quite good in that. Well, that's the thing. If if you if you read about some of the backstory of Star Trek Five, because it was you know it's written and it was written and directed by William Shatner, and he really had a hard time trying to get people to. Because uh, the 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 people who usually did Star Trek, um, the special effects for Star Trek was you know ILM, um, they weren't available at the time because I think there was a something like there was an Indiana Jones film to be done, there was a couple of other sci-fi things to be done. So really, they were they were left scraping the bottom of the barrel, and it, and this the, the Blu-ray transfer really does accentuate how oh, how, how bad some of the special effects were i mean yeah the great barrier and things they look interesting but some of the some of the model shots they really do look terrible um that's but a, the that's a shame the, yeah i mean the the thing is the, the the acting is as good as star trek usually is um the guy who plays cybok um yeah spock's brother is 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 good um but the the um the the soundtrack the jerry goldsmith soundtrack is is one of the best actually i think it's a really nice um really nice set of set of little tunes um, one of uh, one of Mr. Goldsmith's best, I think. Um, but it's 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 a Star Trek film. You know, you get these you get these Star Trek films. Some of them are are very good, like you know, The Wrath of Khan and uh, The Undiscovered Country, First Contact, and etc. And some of them are just long episodes filmed with widescreen cameras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 all good. So, so that part of you know, it's not changed it from being an episode, even though it's no. In re, yeah. It's just a long episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> with slightly subpar special effects. <laughs> but uh, no, the next the next thing on my list is Rush Beyond the Lighted Stage. I got this um I, I got this for Christmas a couple of years ago, I think, and I I watched it when I got it. I haven't watched it again since. Um but I, I pulled it out of the uh, pulled it out of the, the Blu ray um cabinet this weekend because I wanted to wanted to have a look at it. Um and it's it's 
a film about Rush. You know how they started, where they've been, where they're going, the various um, various trials and tribulations they've been through. And it's a really good film, and it's it's funny and it's you know it's heartfelt in some places. Obviously, with uh, you know Neil Peart, um, the drummer, he, he lost his uh, lost his daughter and his wife within the within the space of about three months, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a <clears throat> it's a really good film. Obviously, surrounded by lots and lots of uh, Rush music and interviews with uh, various famous musicians and things like that. It's extremely good. And uh, on uh, on Friday night, I was scouring Netflix as I sometimes sometimes end up doing, and uh, I was looking for something interesting. Um, and I happened upon Spies of Warsaw, which is a um, uh, it's 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 a spy. The, it's it's based on a spy novel by Alan Alan First about espionage involving the major nations shortly before World War Two, uh, competing for influence and controlling over the future of Poland. It's um, the the book was adapted for television in 2013. Uh, it was on BBC Four, and it stars David Tennant, and uh, as uh, he plays this guy, uh, Colonel uh, Colonel Jean Francois Mercier. Um, and it's got Janet, Janet Montgomery as his love interest, Anna, Sh- Anna Scarbeck. You can tell I'm reading this all from Wikipedia, can't you? Uh, it's, uh, it's actually a really good piece. It's in two parts, as far as I can remember. And um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's a work of fiction, obviously, but it's, it's definitely worth watching. It's, uh, it's nice to see David Tennant doing something, uh, doing something, other, than, uh, doing something other than Doctor Who, because that's all I've seen him in up until recently, obviously. Um, but yeah, definitely worth a watch. And when that came to an end, um, I was recommended by Netflix Generation War. Uh, and I thought, oh, oh, that sounds, that sounds interesting. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's in German with subtitles. Oh, well, I, I don't speak German. So what I'll do, I'll watch one episode of it. And, uh, because obviously I, I like to work and have something on, yeah, something on the television while I'm tapping away on the laptop. Um, uh, each it's it's three episodes. This thing, an hour and a half each. I ended up watching the whole damn thing. It was that good. Um, it's uh, it's it's another it's another work of uh, work work of fiction. It's a story told from the the German side of the Second World War. It's, uh, five friends who meet up in 1941, and uh, they're all of the uh, all of the opinion that the war is going to be over by you know Christmas 1941 and everything, and things go from bad to worse. It's it's very very well acted, very well shot. Uh, very well everything actually it's, it's, an, it's an incredible piece of work it's it's uh, the various reviews I've seen of it lots you know some people um, some people praise it some people slam it for various things um, some of the it wasn't particularly well received in Poland I don't think uh, the, the reception in Germany was was quite favorable um, but I think it's definitely worth a watch a bit of a bit of thought-provoking drama and it's always nice to see uh, nice to see something from a from a perspective that's not, you know, not the American perspective or the English perspective. Something, it's just something a little bit different. That's what I'm, uh, what I was, uh, what I was really after. So uh, yes, highly recommended that, and uh, that was on Netflix as well. You know, when you say the perspective thing, especially about war films, it, it made me think. And the reason I enjoyed the film War Horse as much as I did is because there's a whole section of couple of German brothers having to fight. And it was 
their life as a German that didn't particularly want to have to kill people as well. And that's sort of why that film worked for me, is because you had the French side, you had the German side, you had the British side, and it was so beautifully meshed around the life of a horse. And it was, I mean, because otherwise people would have thought about it. How can you do a war film when you've got this, that, and the other? Uh, and I know it's the First World War, so that was a different, again, it was further away memories are you know, uh, second-hand now. Yeah? Centred around a, a truly neutral party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what made that work. And so, I mean, I have a real... It's something that's happened recently, a real desire to almost let go of history in the sense of what I was brought up with, because obviously I was brought up with lots of people that fought in the war, you know, lots of relatives that died in the war. And, and there was a point... I mean, I'll be honest with you, there was a point when I was growing up that certain parts of my family really didn't want me to have German friends. Not my close family, but it was a big deal. Um, and I, even the people that are still alive that, you know, had those feelings, it's it sort of dissipated now. It's not so much water's gone under the bridge. I think people have proved themselves not to be Nazis anymore or the Japanese proved themselves not to be what they appeared to be. I'm not saying anyone was anything, you know, just... That's the way it is. And to see, I think there is a point now that maybe with the history, the hundred years since the, you know, the First World War started, it would be really interesting if we saw a few more things being put together in English, you know, so the masses can see it. A few more things being put together from different perspectives. Because I think people learn more about war when they learn about it as a, a with different perspectives and they do just as a, we won this battle you lost that battle, you were the evil, we were the good. And you don't learn about history that way. That's just the winner's version. And now, okay, we need to know why a war started because of, you know, please God, we avoid it. Not that we ever do, but that's the idea. But to understand why, you know, the First World War started or take the Second World War, wonder why the, you know, the Nazis came to power in the mid-30s in Germany wasn't because Germany was full of Nazis. It was because of, there was a a financial situation where the country was on its knees and it was rife for a takeover by somebody. I mean, people needed some, somebody to do something. <laughs> yeah. And it's parts of the world now that, you know, that, you know, people are on their knees and people are marching in saying, look, you know, support us. We might be hideous, horrible people, but support us because, you know, somehow we'll find someone else to blame. So I just think it's really important. The point you just made of things from other perspectives mm. and, and yes, it, it is interesting. That it's in German that will limit by 90% the amount of people that watch yeah. it. Yeah, it's such a shame. I mean, there's a, there's a film, um, a, a, a superb film called uh, The Lives of Others. And that's, uh, I think that's in German as well. And that's, that's incredible. That's about, um, that's about East Germany after the, after the war with the, with the Stasi and everything like that. Yeah. But the point thing. is, is the, the way to stop hating and the way to understand is to see a sympathetic portrayal of the person that you didn't realise was human too. There was a line, there was a line in, I, I, I don't, it might have even been Nikita, you know, the Elton John song? And there was a line, and I was quite young when that came out, and I remember the line, I've got my eyes closed, just trying to get it right, do the, lust, do the Russians love their children too? And it was the height of the Cold War. And I remember hearing it, and it had a real profound effect on me, as in, how can you ask that question? Mm. 
And I was like, I mean, I don't know how old I was when that came up. I remember thinking, how can you ask that question? And I thought, I'd never even considered that they didn't. But there must be people out there that have been brought up with such an animosity yeah. towards the world yeah. that they're going, well, they can't do. Mm. You know, and, and there must have been people in Russia at the time going, well, oh, these Americans, they can't love their kids because why, why do they want us? Why do they want to point weapons at us? And so, like, and, you know, I'm waffling. But the point is, it's really important, and I wish there was more of it, vastly more of it. There's lots of wars that are, you know, I mean, the Falklands War is still close in people's minds. But I would be really interested to see the story of some constricted poor Argentinian lad that was dragged out of his village somewhere outside Buenos Aires and put on a boat and said, go over there and shoot at English people. And the truth is, you don't believe in this, when the truth is you might come back in a box. But I need to see that story. So as a person that remembers the war really, really well, because I am a bit older than you, and I remember it because I was old enough to remember it properly, um, I'd like to... There's still something going on there in my soul and a lot of people's soul. And every time it raises, every time, say, the um, Argentinians have got an election, one of the things they do, they start talking about the Malvinas because it gets them votes, right? For me to understand, you know, and sort of let go of it would be to see it from their perspective. I think it's really important. And I think it's something that's not done enough. And I think it's something that should be done on a large scale. Why not a a Sunday night village type moment or the Downton, you know, slot? Something big that they go, I mean, I, you know what? I'd like it to be something big that a point was made. It would be like an ITV BBC joint production, something that would make people look and go, actually, it must be important because <laughs> yeah. they've got yeah. together. Hmm. And I, you know what, I think, I think people owe it to us as a nation and them as a nation, and you heal wounds. The best way you heal wounds with things like that isn't United Nations, and it isn't business agreements, and it isn't bringing over Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Villa, or whatever it was at the time, you know. <laughs> the thing is, is you put it on telly and you go, you know, this is what they were told, and this is how they mm. felt. It's time you stopped hating them because you've got to know who they were. And it's got nothing to do with anything, but I've got that off my chest. Indeed. Very well said, too. <laughs> uh, after, after I'd finished watching Generation War, Netflix proceeded to, um, to recommend Downfall. Um, after after <laughs> Spies of Warsaw and Generation War, I, Downfall is an absolute masterpiece, but I just couldn't take any more, so I, just did, I didn't bother. <laughs> so I, I was wondering where that had scale compared you know, mm, with what you were just saying about perspective. It starts, it, start, yeah. it starts suggesting all of these things. It's amazing. <laughs> so, if, you're not, if you're not depressed enough, here's another one. Yes, here's, <laughs> here's, here's a film about Hitler's last moments. <laughs> wonderful uh tone what is on your list sir um i might as well get doctor who out of the way yeah all right um, go for it i thought that i thought that was an enjoyable um another enjoyable episode yeah not as yeah. good not quite as good as the high what i thought was the high standard set last week but i i was, enjoyed it equally as much i think yeah it, it was it was a nice little little twist at the end as well and i did mm. i did like keely Hawes in there yes well, there's, there's nothing. It's like, very hard not to. It is very you know, hard not to like mm, Keely Hawes. Now, yeah. because I picked it as well, I will talk about it with you rather Indeed. than bring it up again. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I can't remember what the week before was, which is terrible. <laughs> what was the week before? What was the storyline? It was a Doctor Who episode. People under the bed. The okay, no, that, that was okay. That yeah. was quite good. Now, this was this was better, and the reason this was better, and this got it was a good story. It was a clever story. 
it was going slightly more back to old Doctor Who, and for once it wasn't on Earth type thing. Yeah, and that was Oh, nice. thank goodness for that. that. That's yeah. good. Even you bring some, now, next week it it's going to be... Yeah. yeah, it had some weird-looking alien, which was really cool. Um, the Doctor got to be... You know what? I'm a little bit worried. They, they're they doing a bit too much Matt Smith type delivery. The zaniness is still there. And I'm like, oh. they, they They did kind of have that in the first episode. And then it's slowly been reducing, hasn't it, really? Yeah, but there, was a li- there was a little bit in this. And there was a little bit of yeah. the, oh, dear. But you know what? Right, okay. Doctor Who's going to be fine when Jenna Coleman leaves, right? <laughs> um, it, no, it will be fine. Yeah, people explain, are explain that for people who who did who haven't heard the last two shows, perhaps. No, 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 <laughs> no. But the point is, this is the point I was going to make, right? I mean, like uh, Jenna Coleman is, oh, she's beautiful. She really nice is to a watch. Beautiful. Exactly, horrendous. So <laughs> but you know, but what? Funny enough, this episode, and I don't even know why this episode said it to me, is um, she is a brilliant actress. There's something about her delivery in this episode that she is holding the whole thing together. It's almost like, like you're new, let me take this series, hold it together, and then next series you can come in and be yourself. But I'm holding it together. And she's her... Her delivery is perfect, and I can't think of. I'm, I'm thinking back in my mind. Um, it's almost like when Billy Piper came in, obviously, because she came in when it first started again with Christopher Eccleston. Mm. So she didn't have anything to live up to as such. She mm. was the new Rose. She was the new assistant, and she went on, and everyone went, "Who knew that she was such a good actress?" Because Doctor Who was good, whatever, it was okay. And then, but she went on and then she was in everything. And then you're like, oh, no, they're using her because Doctor Who. And you watch it and you think, this girl can really act. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Now, Jenna, Jenna Coleman's done other things. I've got a feeling that one of the things is she's going to leave here and she is going to be massive because I actually think it's just something to do with her ability to steal the scene, which is the best actors can do. They steal a mm-hmm. scene without overacting and without you know too much gesticulation or you know too much going on she she looks at the camera in the right way she's got um, a subtlety about her. like last week's when she's lying under the bed with that uh with it, well, well we'll call him the kid because he was the kid at mm. the time you know mm. she was talking to him and it was beautifully motherly right and then she was talking mm. to the the kid that turned, I won't say who it turned out to be, telling him a story because that was going to help him the rest of his life. That was beautifully, motherly again, but almost matronly as well. She's got all these things and she does it in a really, really subtle way. And I, I actually beginning to see her as a real future go-to actress. And it's almost distracting that she's so beautiful. And that, I reckon, is what distracted me originally from how blooming good she is mm. at what she does mm. um because she came i mean she's only really done things before when she was very very young you know she was playing school kids in school kid type mm. age programs and this is her first i'm an adult young adult playing a young adult i i just i mean honestly watch out for this girl because i think in a few years to come we'll be saying do you remember when she started on because she's holding this thing together but she's not she's holding it together with such ease it's amazing but but she's also i mean there's there are signs of you know obviously we know what's 
going to happen. She's going to leave. And there are those signs of her stepping back, you know, and maybe that's, you know, that's where the Matt Smith era will really end. If you see yeah. what I mean. Mm. Yeah. But, the thing, but it is almost, she's stepping back. It's, it's almost, yeah. I'm stepping back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this series yeah. for you. I'm going to give you the space to find your feet, but and then step back. And, but she is a young girl that is holding together such an enormous show with mm. absolute skill and mm. seemingly no effort or not taxing her <laughs> at all. And, and, I, and it amazes yeah. me. It really does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to, Seemingly to the opinions of many people that you know she's doing that, and Peter Capaldi is like people like his acting, despite the writing. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, well I like Peter what, Capaldi. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's something for the older men. That's all I can say. Well, I'm the youngest of everybody here. Well, so I'm there a, we go. I'm not that far off Peter Capaldi, so he's doing us a favour. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Continue, Mister Tone. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I've, I've finally finally finished uh, I did I did mention it last week Bojack Horseman on Netflix I've, I've been waiting most of the week to find out wh- yeah. what you think of this I've, because I, I, I'm considering watching it myself I think it, it's, it's worth watching because it's only 20 minute episodes it's um, a lot of the humour um, similar to, well it's Will Arnett so you will have some elements of what you've seen in Arrested Development with mm. him. So Alex is um, going to be right there. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is also... <laughs> there's also, what I'm talking about, never mind. <laughs> there's a... You know, it, some of the humour is a lot like sort of family guy type humour, yes, maybe. I thought that too. Yeah, you know I mean... I mean you, know, you know how much I know about this? I thought you'd mistype something until I saw that Matt had written the same thing down. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think it should have been? I, I don't know what you two were watching, but I didn't think it. It's only when you wrote Netflix yeah. and didn't write some, you know, dot porn site. I thought, no. oh, is that what <laughs> it is? Me. It's it's a repeat of when Matt met Torn, isn't it? Oh dear, this is a family <laughs> show. Yeah. <laughs> Your review, Mister Tone. How do you? What would yeah, you think? Um, yeah. There are there are certain similarities with Family Guy. You know, it's. It's focused around a uh, a horse who used to be in a sitcom in the nineties. So it's sort of the, the washed up sitcom actor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's um, the thing. The premise, the, the premise sounds the funny. <laughs> yeah, most of the characters are uh, are animals. There's very few yeah. hum- actual yeah. humans in it. <laughs> so is this is this a cartoon thing? Yeah. All it's, right. Well, you could have mentioned that at the beginning. <laughs> I thought I'd mentioned that last week. But he did. Yeah. Yes, okay. he did mention it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's quite well written. This series, it actually, it, it's uh, yeah, it starts off well, maybe a little shaky in the middle, but it does build towards one one plot at the end. You know, that's sort of going through it, where this this girl is trying to basically ghost write a book for the main character. It seems very deep for a cartoon, I'll tell you. Very <laughs> it deep do, it does get quite deep, actually, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Towards the end, there's a lot of um, soul-searching, I think, from the main character. For, for a cartoon, yeah. it's quite deep, but it, it's also very funny. Yeah, like I say, you know, humor, you know, I'd say humour and style, if you like sort of Family Guy type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you'd probably enjoy it as well. S- silly, I'd say, probably more than... Yeah, silly, but... Yeah, but yeah. clever. 
Yeah. I mean, they they describe the main character in the synopsis as um, you know, he hasn't got a heart of gold. He's got sort of a heart of copper. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's not quite there but you know in yeah, the end he, in the end he does almost the right thing you know so so, so he's a slightly flawed horse <laughs> he's a horse Very with good intentions so. a horse with good intentions yeah but I'm can't, not even sure he has good intentions to be well honest. you know i mean he probably he probably didn't have the upbringing you know on the farm you know, brought up on the wrong side of the stable, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. We, you we know. should see some of it. Yeah, they sort of you know, I that. mean, I mean, if your dad was a stud, you're never going to get over that. Are you? <laughs> uh, I mean, there is also one one episode where basically most of it is him getting high and tripping and he's imagining all this, <laughs> yeah. all this stuff happening. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing I've seen in a, in a quite a long time. <laughs> so, 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 so it's got a social ethic as well. Yeah. No, yeah. It. so it's breaking but, bad but meat. It, uh, well, it, it does show you the show jumping after effect. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. I think my favorite episode of it all, and this isn't really a spoiler was the, uh, the Andrew Garfield stuff. I think it was episode yes. three that just had me cracking up. <laughs> When, when you no, get to no, episode I know. three, Alex, no, when you I get know. to episode three, because you'll have to watch it, because otherwise you'll never know the reason for this joke. You'll uh, you'll enjoy it. You should do. I'm I'm mm, maybe I, not. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sure you're right. I, the thing is, I was listening to the original story and I was thinking, how can you do a story about an ex? Oh well, he's not an ex horse, a horse that used <laughs> to be on telly. And then you're talking. I'm thinking, but horses don't talk. And then uh, it was like 10 minutes later, he says, and it's a cartoon. It was, oh, for goodness yeah. sake. Could you start it off with that? May have missed the point, Alex, but never mind. Continue, Tone. <laughs> um, yeah, and the last thing I watched, I think it was mentioned either last week or the week before, Zombieland. Is this, um, a, bio, is this a biopic? <laughs> yes. How did you? Yeah. No, it was, um, you know, I, I think somebody else mentioned it, but I can't remember which one of you it was. Um, but I, I sort of went in not really expecting anything, certainly not expecting my favourite part of it. And it was a, I thought it was a very, very funny film, you know, sort of did 28 days later with laughs, in a way. Because, mm. <laughs> yeah, they're doing that thing where they're trying to get away from, you know, you're running from disaster almost. You know? it's, uh, it's Woody Harrelson, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I and the guy from, um, the guy from Superbad, I think it is. Or Yeah. Yeah, but less so him. Um, but yeah, and, and then there's that that bit of Bill Murray's mansion in the middle of it was yeah, <laughs> that was brilliant. I just thought yeah, because it, it's you know it's all you know showing that they loved him. It was a brilliant tribute to him and to Ghostbusters mainly. Mm. Very little mention of his other films <laughs> has to be said, but you know, mm. but yeah, I really did enjoy that that little scene. You know, where they sort of. Trying to recreate one of the scenes from Ghostbusters, almost. <laughs> um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. What I didn't really know what to expect with it, and and it it turned good. Mm. Excellent stuff. Thank you, sir. And Matt, what is on your list, sir? Well, there was Doctor Who, which we've already discussed. Uh, Bojack Horseman, we've already discussed. Um, I watched. I, I've got Amazing Spider-Man Two on Blu-ray a while back, and I've only just had chance to watch it. Uh, but my lad watched it before. He, he, he said, "Can I watch it, Dad? Can I watch it? I just watch it, but don't tell me anything about it." Mm. And he, he sent me a message, and he says, "Dad, Dad, 
da 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 happens at the end. I was like, right, thank you for that. <laughs> completely ruined the ending. Oh dear. <laughs> it was a it was an enjoyable film. I, I think I do prefer the other the actual proper Marvel films as opposed to um, the the Sony ones. But no, it was a it was an enjoyable watch, mm. even though I knew what happened at the end. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, we we had a, a, a cinema trip and we went to see Box Trolls uh, the other week. Uh, we were, didn't have anything to do, and I looked at the cinema, and it was the only kids' film. I thought, oh, I'll go see that, and that, that's uh, I quite enjoyed that. I'd only heard of it because it was one of the McDonald's Happy Meals, but it was a, a pleasant little film. It's by the uh, the same people who did Coraline, and it's that sort of style. So it kind of looks like mm. uh, plasticine kind of looks, but it, it it was a nice nice film, nice story. Uh, looked good, and we all enjoyed it. So seven-year-old, nine-year-old, and thirty-four-year-old. So I think nice family film. Which uh, one were you? Um, <laughs> either fish or knickers. I'm not sure. Possibly both. <laughs> Sorry, forgot family show. Um, <laughs> then going the complete end of uh, complete opposite of family films. I watched a stand-up comedy show on Netflix by Jim Jeffries called Bear. Now, I'm not a fan of American stand-up comedy, which is good because it turned out this guy was Australian. So I, <laughs> I, I watched one, of, one of my friends said, oh, I'm watching this. It's really good. What a bit of luck. Yeah. And, and I thought, I'll give it a try because I know he likes some of the sort of stuff. And I put it on and I thought, yeah, he's not American. I'm going to enjoy this. And it, it was very good, actually. He's it very, very crude, um, but it's not the crudeness that's his joke, if you know what I mean. Um, there, there was a lot of C words and F words in it, but that wasn't what was getting the laughs. It was more the actual content, if that makes sense. So it's not one you'd watch with the kids around or your mother, possibly. Um, but no, that that was uh, that was quite enjoyable. I was uh, pleasantly surprised by that one, actually. Um, what else? Listening. I discovered a couple of weeks back, actually, I discovered a new podcast I thought was quite interesting. It was two blokes. Um Basically, just talking. Fair, I can't actually remember what the name of it was, but I'll I'll try to describe it. You may you may know it. Um, two blokes talking mostly nonsense. Uh, they had about a twenty minute section talking about three band graphic EQs. Um, we only did fifteen minutes on that last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else was it? The, the one one of the guys was talking about films and actors could never remember any of the names. That's me. Um, that's me. And the the one name he could remember was Eddie Izzard, but he couldn't even say it. It was just oh, coming out yeah. as Eddie Izzard. So Eddie is, yeah. Yeah, I can't. This is all ringing a bell. I can't <laughs> for the life of me think what it was, but it was highly enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Did he did he do something last week? I can't remember. Didn't it? Wasn't he in some film? He was in an episode of The Good Wife a few episodes ago. Yeah, he was in some film about. I don't know radar or that's the radar thing. It's got oh, yeah. um, it's uh, called um, yeah. if castles were horses, castles yeah. were horses, then wishes should, would be episodes of EastEnders. <laughs> so <laughs> I, w- I should watch that and then try and report back on it. Mm. And mm. Uh, yeah, I say other stuff. I, I've I've had a, a heavy bout of music recently. Um, Tom <laughs> reminded me how much I like Skindred, so I uh, I got their latest album. Night Night Nurse can get rid of that. <laughs> um, bit of Vic's no, vapor rub. Album called Kill the Party is very different. Actually, it's it's kind of um, mm. reggae, rock, metal, rap, punk, 
with a bit of dance beat thrown in. It's, it's, Blimey. it's unique. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much how I described it, yeah, when I yeah. mentioned no, it before, yeah. I don't think uh, I know that many words. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, a fairly local band to, to us actually called Mamazettes, who are uh, female-led, sort of very sort of shouty, heavy stuff, really loving their music at the moment. But I've done more listening to music, really, than uh, than watching stuff these last few weeks. But it's still media, so sorry. Well, there we go. Thank you, sir. Alex, what is on right. your list, sir? I know you've well, been. I know you've been. You've been struggling to find stuff that you've. Watched yeah, well, the thing is, on my list, right? I said I thought I can't believe this because everything I put down, some other buggers put exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly looked at that and I thought, oh no, that's me. Apparently, I've managed to do it twice, which I didn't think. Yes, you, you have managed <laughs> to do it twice. I don't really know why you've done it twice. No, I didn't know I could. But anyway, I was looking you at can. that thinking, can you believe that someone's watched only the things I've watched and in the same order? <laughs> but anyway, it's a coincidence, isn't it? It's a small one. You know, right. you can embed images in this thing as well. Can you? Yeah, oh, don't tell me that. It doesn't scrape them out. It doesn't scrape them out. It will. Yeah. The next version will. Don't worry it's about it. It's taken me about eight months to remember how to do a, a line break. Yeah, well, oh, I still <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> You'll have to teach put me Put two one. spaces. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. What you do, it's it's marked down, so you put two spaces after it, and then you do a carriage return. There we go. Yeah. Or you do a, a BR. In a, do a BR. Yeah, to, yeah you can accept HTML as well. Yeah. I'll be, scra- I'll be so, yeah, scraping that out. See, I, I am, I'm an HTML bloke, <laughs> and nobody listened to this even cares. Anyway, <laughs> right. Okay, now, I know I mentioned it, I think, last week. I, I probably couldn't remember what it was called or who was in it. But um, Whitechapel Series 3 being back on um, Netflix. Well, that's not true. It's not being back on Netflix. They finally put it on Netflix. Um, I... You know, I was introduced to White Trouble by Carl. And uh, I I think Series 3 is the best series in total because I've actually got them all now. But Series 4, which will come on, start to lose its way because they, they do the arc thing from the beginning to the end. They start with the arc thing, and which they don't even recognise exists in Series 3. So Series 3 is basically two, no, three two-part stories, and they're all really strong stories um i mean the first two episodes are one story per series you know and that's very the first series of one story per series and they're good stories but you know it, it can go on a long time whatever but these i absolutely heartily recommend white child it's a bit gory but it's I not had heard gory. that it was a bit nasty in places, actually. Yeah, but it's not gory for the sake of gory, which is really interesting. Because I'm not, I'm not a gore lover or anything, but sort of the the gore is just about as much as you could get away with, or the least you could get away with, and make the point. You know, and uh, it's just brilliantly, brilliantly done, and every actor in it is really, really strong. And there's characters in there that. You know, you actually start caring, and then it starts to pull itself to bits, and they start to fall to bits a little bit, and it's just really good. So, Netflix, Whitechapel, Series 3. Please, obviously, watch Series 1 and 2, but Series 3, um, there's uh, really interesting. The first one is um, some murders in a, where it starts off in Taylor's Workshop. Uh, the next one is yeah some torsos being washed up on the thames and the last one is a babysitter is um well they, they 
the bogeyman has come back. That's the story. And it's just really, really clever. And I love the historical aspects of this. I love the fact that they use historical cases to get ideas of maybe where to look. Not And, you know, it's not, you know, it's not copycat crime, but it's like, well, this has happened before. What did the police look overlook then? What did they do? And it, it, it is so brilliantly and cleverly written. And I think it's, I mean, it's a real, real shame that this hasn't been picked up by anyone. I just, I really hope it does. But um, it just, it's brilliant. Just possibly the best of this type um, there has been. It and does make, you, you've, you've waxed lyrical about it many times. And it, it, it's one of the things that I always forget. Well, honestly, it, what it what it is is because they don't pull their punches, and all the characters have got really interesting. You know, a lot of these things are you know you you got the chief, you got this, and you know you got the you know everyone's got a place, and it's always the same. And this is really really different. I mean, not giving too much away. I mean, like the guy that's in charge of this, um, you know, this division, he he's he's completely flawed. He's completely the wrong person to be, you know, running this, you know, murder squad. But he comes together and he's like, you know what, I might have only learned this in books and I never tried, you know, he's very privileged and he got where he was because his dad was who his dad was and all the rest of it. And he's desperately trying to prove himself, but he's got some severe idiosyncrasies that really hold him back and things. And it, you care as much about the characters as you do about them solving the crimes, and it really is brilliantly done. It's possibly, honestly, it's possibly the best one of this type of genre there is. And I just, you know, of all the things, I would be happier, and this is saying something, if Amazon came back tomorrow and said, actually, we've changed your mind, we're dropping Ripper Street, and we're going to carry on Whitechapel, I'd probably take Whitechapel over Ripper Street, and I loved Ripper Street. That's how good I think this is. Okay, now secondly, I'm going to add something because I did watch it and I forgot I did. And I have mentioned it, but I've, I've now watched again on Netflix. It's the last of the three of the final um, episodes of Foil's War Series 8. Uh, so I finished it. Um, just watch Foil's War. I, I, I don't need to say anything. You know, just go and watch Foil's War. Uh, again, we were talking about historical dramas. It, it's, it's beautifully done. It's just, it's so less is more, and it's so, I mean, it's so relaxed. You know, you might, I don't know, what is there, 27 episodes in total? You might have, I don't know, 40 murders in it, but there's no more, <laughs> and, and no one ever even shouts. It's just really, I don't know, it, again, this is another one of those that's just, just perfect for the type of drama it is. Um, I, I think this one actually was picked up by an American company, so... I'm hoping that they will carry on and make lots and lots and lots more episodes of this. I always find Michael it, Kitchen very, um, very, uh, he's he's very so watchable. relaxed. Very watchable. Yeah, he's just so relaxed all the time. He, you know, he never gets flustered. He never shows too much um, affection for anything. But he never shows any anger either. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if they did an episode where he lost his temper. It would be the standout episode of all time, but maybe I don't know that back. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe that's on the drawing board. I don't even know if he's got it in him as a human being. You know, it's that it's that lay back about life. Um, okay, so we watched Doctor Who, which I've um, declared my undying love. 
Um, and Doctor Who was all right as well. And um, I watched Formula One on BBC One. Um, I don't normally watch it on BBC because um, I normally watch it on Sky just to annoy tone. <laughs> but I watched it on BBC this week. I didn't Prodding actually the see Scorpion. <laughs> yeah, I never actually saw it live. I, I thought I was going to watch it live, and then I got distracted and I it turned it over. Yeah, it wasn't live on BBC this week anyway. That's oh, funny. That? That's funny. The amount of times, the, the right. amount of times there's yeah. been an F1. Um, race and I think I'll, I'll watch it this this week. I will watch it this week. Oh, it's, it's not the BBC. It's, yeah. uh, it's it's Sunday night at eight o'clock. Was there a race on this week? Oh yeah. yes, there was. Well, who won it? Oh well, that's answered that question, hasn't it? That's, uh. Well, the thing is, I turned it on to see the finish. Then uh, do you know what? I'm not that into Formula One. Not even cared, but I quite like the the rest of it. You know, since knowing Tone and he gets so overexcited about it, I've actually made it. <laughs> business of mine to try really hard to get into it and to a certain point i have i mean i don't really care but i like the razzmatazz i used to go when i was a lot younger so my dad used to drag me actually to the races and I, I don't hold it against him but it was you know it wasn't my thing you know and i've only just sort of got over that after how many of many years and um anyway so i watched it and i watched it like you say as a highlights package which was the point i was going to make and as a highlights package, I, I think I enjoyed it so much more because it seems to go on from about, say the race is at two o'clock. Normally, if I, you put a telly on it, I don't know, three days earlier, it seems to be on. And it just <laughs> seems like this race lasts two hours and you manage to get, you know, 48 hours of rolling television about the same thing. And I really quite liked watching it as a, a single package. I mean, there was a few things I know that you didn't like because you, you never hold back. Even with all the blocking I try and do, you still manage to get through my filters. But um, I just, I quite liked it. I quite, I mean, whether the outcome was what you want, I don't, you know, it, it's a fairly irrelevant for me. But I quite like the slightly um, shorter version, if you like. Mm. I mean, you know, it was good. And I quite I like the presenters i like the way they interact with each other and i like the way that they sort of give each other funny looks because they're all eccentric but they all appreciate that each one of them's nuts in a completely different way mm. and they don't hold it against each other they just look at each other and go oh look let him waffle yeah and they just get make a joke about it yeah a bit like you do with me when i go off on one they go like look, let, <laughs> let him let eddie just do his thing right and when he's finished we'll make fun of his shirt and then everything will be all right. And then I like that delivery. I remember yeah. when uh, the BBC originally lost, you know, when, when they lost the all of the live coverage or whatever it was. And um, and they that the first time I saw, I think it was Australia. It must have been Australia because they usually start with Australia. That was the first race where they did um, uh, coverage that wasn't live. And I remember thinking, now that that's a nice, slick well presented piece of piece of business and it's um if if i was still watching the races i um I, i'm not sure i would really need anything more than what they used to do with the with the highlights package um i think i, I mean i've i've gone off f1 over the years i mean it's really because i i just can't it, it's almost as if i can't be bothered to to give away an hour or two hours of my sunday afternoon to watch it anymore which is which is a that's, shame really that's the funny thing is because of i you know i i know it sounds really silly but i was when i was younger it was sundays were sundays you know there was no shopping there was none of this stuff and i went through the sort of 20 years of 
always going to do this on a Sunday, doing the DIY shopping on a Sunday, doing this on a Sunday, doing that Sunday. And uh, we actually sat down as a family about two years ago and said, no, we want Sundays back. You know, we actually want it. And Sundays is a really lazy day around the house. And it's really, really good for the whole family. And if you don't want to get dressed, you don't get dressed. And it's really actually very healthy. And that's one of the reasons why we've sort of, I've started with, I watch a bit of Formula One and I watch a bit of football with one of my lads because it's a Sunday uh, afternoon. He'll sit on the couch with me and he'll quite happily sit there, you know, in his dressing gown and we'll have a laugh at a game of football. Whatever. And it fits absolutely perfectly into that. And I'll tell you what's really interesting. He came in and when he was younger, I, because you know, I was trying to do the dad thing. You're meant to do everything you can with your son. So I took him to uh, Silverstone to watch some touring cars and whatever. Mm. And I reckon we lasted about 20 minutes. And it was like, it was so dull. Because it was like, yeah, okay, they'll be back in a minute. And we're sitting there again. And, yeah. and that was it. And it was like... That's the certain right. thing about going to the, the actual yeah. track, isn't it, as well? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, I'm quite glad, actually, because uh, I was yeah. bored senseless. And we went and spent obscene amounts of money on hats and things that neither of us wanted, and we went home again. And we, uh, we probably bought one of their cars from that day. But he walked Job in. Done. and <laughs> And he walked in, and because in, and, it was, was it Singapore? And he mm. said, I'm really not interested in the race, but that is stunning. And it's absolutely true what that night track looked like and the way they'd lit it and the word it was and it was a beautiful thing to behold. Quite a it picture, really isn't was. it? Yeah. yeah. Especially when Impressive. they do the aerial shots and it is literally looking down over the whole track, you can see just this yeah, line. You're basically yeah. looking down at a diagram of the track. <laughs> yeah. And it was and yeah. that's what struck me. And the sort of presentation it might be because the racetrack had enabled it, but it had that feel of real class. It was almost like um, motor racing meets Bond Street. And, you know, no litter allowed. Everything has to be spot on. Uh, have your race, go home, and we'll make sure it's tidy by the morning. And it was really, and I really enjoyed it for that. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm not into Formula One, but, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we tried one of those street tracks at night? Oh, in London. Yeah. Do you know night. what? Wouldn't yeah. that be stunning? You know, you know something else as well? I think that's, I hope that's the kind of thing we're going to start getting with Formula E down the line. You know, the thing we watched sort of last week, because that was, that is all going to be street tracks. I thought that was going to be around the Olympic Park in London, but there was a plan this week for it to be Battersea, around, <laughs> around Battersea Park. That would be incredible. Well, just, you know, but the actual... Yeah. The view of it. And I quite like yeah. seeing it's a highlighter package, which I'd, I'd never watched before because I pay mm. for the Formula One channel. So I tend to watch it if I'm going to bother watching it. Mm. But to be honest, I you know what? Cut the rubbish at the beginning. Cut the rubbish at the end. Have yeah. a bit of a race and a little bit of yeah. people that actually know what they're talking about. And that'll do me. It's un- until until now. It, it's something that's been the preserve of the um, of, of the video game, you know, of the computer game where you, you race in an in- an impossible setting mm. um but oh a, a night race in the middle of london that'd be wouldn't, brilliant wouldn't, wouldn't that, that be impressive that'd and be wouldn't it be great if they like took off on regent street and went through the window at hamley's wouldn't it be great <laughs> <laughs> someone someone nearly did that in that demo they had a couple of years ago you know where they had it literally oh yeah they did down. yeah they yeah. did didn't they? <laughs> wasn't that jensen button one of the drivers down that, that yeah. day 
Yeah, because I was up there when they were setting it up and I was trying to get down Regent Street the day before. I was like, don't no put chance. them up yet. Yeah. Don't <laughs> put the barricades up there. I've got to get down to, um, I think it was uh, oh, it, it, Argyle Street, right, by the back of the Palladium. I was like, no, not yet. No, give me 10 minutes. I need to go to the processors. 10 minutes. Anyway, there's an anecdote you didn't need. Oh, right. there we go. Oh, Tales of a Londonite. Right, that is the end of our episode and it only remains for me to ask you fine gentlemen where we can find you mr maft or matt morley we shall start with you sir where can we find you where do i start (laughs) at the beginning if there is such a thing right seeing as earlier i completely forgot to uh share the url for new on netflix usa that is netflixusa.maft.uk or you can do .co um me personally, I'm on Twitter at Maft M A F T. Um, if you go to new.maft.uk, you'll get links to all the uh, all the the new on services that I do, and Facebook links, Google Plus links, and Twitter links. And I think that's probably the easiest thing to do. Or just tweet me, and I'll send you links directly. There we go. Can't ask for better service than that. Thank you for coming on again, sir. It's been a blast. That's all right. We shall we shall have you on again in uh, I don't know in a month or two. I would have thought. He would, yeah. probably, he would have probably done Canada, Canada that's Australia. My next, that's my next plan for Canada, yeah. actually. <laughs> well, there we go. Don't, don't tell anyone. Be- because but I'm Canadian and, and I have no time as it is anyway. We well, don't tell anyone, but the Canadian one's far better. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that. The Dutch one's pretty good as well. They get some good mm. stuff, but they've only yeah. got about a thousand in total. So. <laughs> depends, depends what you want to watch. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Tone, where can we find you, sir? Uh, on the Twitter, Tone7x20. Excellent stuff. You, you, can, you can roll that Twitter handle out straight away this time. Without yeah, with no stutter. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> will, will Alex manage it, though? Fantastic. Well, I can see him. He's milling around at something down there. <laughs> he's, he's finding his file. Well, he's, trying to, he's trying to open his Twitter <laughs> app, and he's... Uh... <laughs> it won't. <laughs> Where is it? Where's the settings? So, Alex G. Fox. Yeah. Let me yeah, ask you the question. There it. we go. Yeah. Where can right. we find you, sir? At Very British View. There we go. Yes. There Ducky we go. Do you know what I did this week? What did you do? I was about to uh, finally put um, some stuff because I'm going to use this account for something really interesting at some point in my life. Looking forward to that. And I was about to start building a website on the account website that I bought for this name. And I realised I'd bought the wrong blooming name all that time ago, so I had to go and buy another website, which is actually the right name for this account. Did you accidentally buy not very British for you? No, I, I, I had, it was spelt wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a client that did that. I was sitting on some um, hosting forum, and they emailed me two days after and said, actually, I've just realised I've spelt it wrong. Can you set it up again with oh, this correct one? <laughs> so yeah. it's a fairly common thing. As a, uh, it's, it's only three very common words, and I still manage to get it. But the fact a, that I can't even remember it. There's a, I mean, my my theory is if I got a whole website dedicated to it, I've got more of a chance. There's a <laughs> a, a rather amusing story which I shall tell you after we've uh, finished recording um, about a, a misspelt domain name, which uh, which we shall cover later. Well, me, you can find me on Twitter at SF Drummer. That is all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or 
if you uh, if you are so inclined, you can go to our Google Plus community. Just go over to Google Plus, click on the Communities tab, and do a search for the Airwaves, and it will bring you straight to us and our community of fine people. We shall return next week with another episode of the Airways. But until then, take care, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Ta-ra. Stupid Come on, cough it up, Russ. Come Indeed. on, cough it up. Here, we go. Right. Here we go. That's part of the charm, though. Really. It. <laughs> can, we, can we change this to a cookery show? Cause... Yeah, I'm, I'm up on that. I've just made this beautiful, <laughs> sh- I made this lovely yeah. stew. Spent all- yeah, yeah, and the kids yeah. ate it and um, asked for more and it's all gone and oh, dear. everyone was happy and, and it only took five, <laughs> I, hour, five yeah. hours to slow cook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd have to bow out after revealing my masterpiece cheese on toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that with or without Worcester sauce? I record. I recorded all of that. That's going at the end of the show. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Are we all does, ready, does, gents? Yeah. Does anyone listen to those end bits? You want the end bits? I do yeah. because I put I, them in. <laughs> yeah, I do because I know they're there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>